Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chosen, the podcast, a region Catholic production. As always, I am Father Jacob, and I am joined by... Adam. And this week, we have a special guest with us this week, none none other than Father Declan McNicholas. Welcome to the show, Declan. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good to be with you, Father and Adam. It's great to have you on. Always, uh, I feel like the listeners will enjoy hearing a voice other than ours. So that's a plus. Well, we'll see if they'll say that after 35 <laughs> minutes or however long this episode is going to be. Yeah, you know, sometimes listening to your own voice for so long, editing these can be a little nauseating. But one of the things that uh, I will not be able to edit out of the episode this week is the slurping sounds, maybe, depending how... Oh, there it is. <laughs> and and uh, the clink clack of the cups on the table, because all of us are drinking hot chocolate right now. Mm. And that's because we had this episode recorded and then as i was editing it you know some preliminary like things with sound levels and sound quality i accidentally deleted the entire episode so yeah so you know in the gospel when jesus when the apostles say lord how many times should i forgive my brother 70 or 70 times 7 jesus says forgive him a lot i wanted to ask him but what about when father jacob deletes the episode i wonder i wonder what he, what he would have said yeah Start from scratch, you know? <laughs> this is true charity right here. He said he would have forgave you. <laughs> With an episode on friendship, though, one of you mentioned before that this is the true testament to our friendship because we're going to record another 35-minute episode because we enjoy each other's company yeah, so good, much. It's a good thing that we like spending time together. Yeah, right. Um, <sighs> so in any case, that kind of bridges the gap to, uh, you know, what we're going to talk about today with uh, the category of friendship and saintliness, kind of bridging off some things from last week. But before we get there, though, you know, uh, guys, how's it been? What's been uh, what's been the most recent thing, huh? Well, me and you, uh, Father, just finished the Andrew dinner the other night. Indeed. Yeah. Well, it wasn't exactly a dinner this year. Oh, mass, right? Andrew mass. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, yeah, sorry, COVID. But, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, where we gather together, uh, pray for vocation specifically, because on the feast day of St. Andrew, we celebrate that Andrew uh, took his brother Peter and introduced him to the Lord. So this idea that uh, in this friendship that they had, this brotherly friendship, that they introduce each other to the Lord. And that's, yet again, uh, another launching point for what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and like Father Jacob had mentioned this is, again, kind of piggybacking off of last week when we were talking about saints. One of the amazing things when you read the lives of the saints is that you quickly realize that uh, striving for holiness is not a real solo endeavor. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some things in the history of the church with hermits, but even they had communities. Right. So, yep. you know. Um, and people who usually want to do it alone, uh, I think we call him Pelagian or Pelagius or Pelagius, you're good. Yeah, there you go. Don't worry. Heresy. (laughs) (laughs) That is uh, maybe a nickname. But but kind of going off of last episode, before we dive into friendship more strictly, Father Declan, it would be kind of interesting to hear uh, your own favorite saint and Mm. how you arrived at that favorite saint. Yeah. So by far my favorite saint is Mother Teresa, of course, St. Mother Teresa. And she became one of my favorites after... Uh, spending a summer with the Missionaries of Charity and Gary, actually with you, Adam. Yes, we were we there together. We spent a summer, 10 weeks together with the missionaries, getting up at like 6 in the morning, praying with them, going to Mass, and then serving the poorest of the poor. And it was during that time that I definitely fell in love with uh, 
with Mother Teresa, and mm-hmm. I saw that love in the sisters, her sisters there in Gary. Yeah, I remember uh, there was usually like the same core four sisters who were at the convent, but there was every so often like one would rotate out because one had a retreat or something. Yeah. And I remember there was like one or two who visited uh, Gary for a few days that um, they like knew Mother Teresa. Yeah, I remember they entered, I think, when like she was there in Calcutta. Right. And, like she was kind of like not the superior, but in one sense kind of like helped them along and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that was super cool. Like that uh, tangible connection with like saintliness or for like, sure. holiness. Um, another example of how it's not that far removed from us, the fact that people that we are in conversation with talk to a saint. You know? Yeah. Mm. Um, it's powerful. For sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Father Declan mentioned that we were there assigned together. We, uh, we went to the same grade school together, the same high school together, and then we went to the same college seminary together. So yeah. it's uh we've known each other a long for time. For a long time. Yeah. So <laughs> for a minute, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cuz we're both from Chesterton. Yeah, we, we went, went to, to the same St. Pat's and then Chesterton High School and then Marion University Bishop Simon Brute. There you go. There it is. And uh you know, one of the things that uh you know, we were going to, you know, break into today like continuing with this theme of friendship. But you know, trying to kick things off here. So I mean, I guess I don't know, when you think of the idea of friendship or, like, to be a good friend, I mean, like, what do you need to be? What do you have to strive for? What do you guys think? What are your first initial thoughts? I will defer to you, Father. <laughs> uh, to be a good friend, I think, uh, I think it's that person that you spend time with, that uh, you're willing to be vulnerable with, and that you're willing to share, uh, share your life with all in appropriate ways obviously like within the relationship that you have with that friend so i think a a good friendship is a nice balance between just hanging out and you know going and getting a beer if you're over 21 going and having a good time and then also balanced with being able to call that person out when they are not uh going down the road that's going to help them achieve holiness that's not going to help them become the person that god has created them to be so I think it's that nice balance that strikes uh, you have to strike uh, in a true friendship. Mm. No, I like that. And I um, was mentioning to uh, the two fathers here before the show that... Uh, before the first tape or the second tape? I guess it was during the first tape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, initially I was, as I was thinking about the friendships in my own life, I thought, okay... You know what? All right, we're talking about friendship. Oh, this is kind of interesting. I wonder, like, what aspects of my friendships with other people are reflective of, like, what I have with Christ. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. Really, my relationship with Christ, my friendship with him, should kind of be the template that I work off of in terms of what my other relationships and friendships look like. So when I think about you know, what does it mean to to be a good friend? As cheesy as this might sound, I think looking to the person of Christ, um, and I mean, he says it in, in the Gospel of John, you know, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. So he claims himself to be a friend of ours. And like Father Declan was talking about, you know, that balance between um, spending time and affirming the friend, but also being willing to challenge. You know, I think about Christ in relation to the apostles. So uh, at one moment he's saying, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, and that's true. And then on the flip side, he's saying, um, 
you know, pulling Peter aside and saying, get behind me, Satan, you don't, you're not thinking as God does, but as human beings do. And, and both were true, right? And yeah. so, um, but what undergirded both of those, uh, or all of those encounters was um, love for the other person. So I think that's a essential basis. Yeah, no, and when you said that, that was one of those like mind blown kind of moments for sure, because I think it helped for me just kind of, uh, kind of reorient it. And I think it was a great example of kind of that bringing that spiritual aspect into that friendship that you look to Christ to kind of be that model of a friendship. Yeah. And I think that relationship with Christ has to be fundamental. Yeah, and maybe on a little bit more simple level too, I mean, like the kind of the reality of friendship being, you know, you're going to, there's like that old thing, um, you know, like whether it's like high school or middle school, like, you're kind of going to be like the crowd that you hang around, who you're, who you're rubbing elbows with, and who you're around the most is who you're going to end up being like in some way. So I don't know, like, my mom would kind of like vet, like, my friends. Is that kind of your guys' experience too, or is that just <laughs> like the, you know, my mom, what do you think? No, for sure. Yeah, I think I think my, my mom would definitely want to know their name, want to know how I know them, and want to at least know that their parents were home that was another big thing too yeah Yeah. mine took it a step further they wanted to first meet my friend and their friend's parents Mm. they wanted to make sure they knew who i was hanging out with nice (laughs) nice yeah there was like no simple drop off uh in my experience of like it's the sleepover kind of thing like my mom would want to go in and like introduce herself and meet the parents meet the kid like visit a little bit it was always kind of, you know, at the time it was embarrassing, but looking back on it now, it was like, that's actually, you know, the reality of, you know, having good friends around um, is the reality of who we're going to be and who we desire to become. You know, that's who we surround ourselves with. It's so important. I think that it, it speaks to uh, the fact that friendship has a purpose. You know, I mean, we might not think of it that way because it's like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends and just kind of be mindless for a little while and play video games, uh, watch Netflix, and just chill out for a bit, which is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think uh, there is also a reality, which it sounds like our parents were keyed into that, you know, spending time and having a friendship with somebody. Um, It does serve a purpose, it does serve a function, and it does have an effect. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why understanding our friendships as channels for us to grow in holiness and become saints is really important. Um, And I think we can look to the lives of the saints and find some clear examples. So some of the ones we were talking about earlier uh, were St. Francis Xavier and St. Ignatius as one friend group, and then uh, even St. Benedict and St. Scholastica. They were siblings, but nonetheless, they they shared a friendship with one another. Um, And Father Jacob was actually talking about a cool fact about St. Francis Xavier. Yeah, in the in the first take, what Adam is alluding to after I deleted it. Sorry, I'll quit talking about <laughs> it. Um, but, uh, no, the reality that uh, he had an incorrupt hand and forearm. Crazy. And it was because he baptized so many. It was his baptizing hand. Nice. So, you know, if you uh, don't want your hand to rot or something, then... 
try and get a few thousand baptisms <laughs> under our bill, I guess, as priest, Father Declan, what do you think? Yeah, only in the Catholic Church are you going to find things like relics and incorruptible hands, that's for sure. That's true. It's That that hand is kept in the Jesu in Rome, which mm. is like the Jesuit church in Rome. And I, I believe that's the same church that, like, they have super beautiful paintings on the ceiling. And so to help you, instead of having you crane your neck and, like, need a chiropractor's help for the next year, uh, they put me- mirrors in the church that are tilted upward. So all, if you want to see the ceiling, all you have to do is look at the mirror. And it, oh. they have it there, there I for you. I didn't know that. Yeah. Did Americans design that? or mm. That seems like an American thing to do. <laughs> you know? That is the least amount of effort I need to exert yeah. to right. appreciate this beautiful artwork. <laughs> <laughs> um, there it is. Yeah. No, but you bring up the saints, I think, as a great example of, um, of kind of like that holy friendship and that idea that we need each other to really grow in our holiness, to grow in our relationship with God. And uh, I think when you're talking about the saints and we were talking a little before is the idea of the apostles, Mm. that they were friends with each other, of course, some better than others, but then also that Jesus was friends with them, Mm. that at times we see Jesus affirming the, uh, the disciples and what they were doing, that Peter upon this rock, I'll build my church. And then also Peter saying, or Jesus saying to Peter, get behind me, Satan, calling Peter out. So on these both sides of things that kind of recognizing that we need to spend time with our friends and that that, uh, quality of just spending uh, quality time together and just hanging out, having a good time is a good thing. And then also being willing and entering into that space in which we're going to step into that space of like calling somebody out when they're kind of straying. Yeah, and I, the other thing that came to my mind in terms of Jesus in relation to his friends, again, seeing Jesus as the model for friendship, um, it brings me to the passage with him visiting Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus, you know, Martha says, like, does it not bother you that I'm doing all the work and my sister's just kind of sitting there? And I like Jesus' response. Like, I, I don't know, some people might read it as kind of harsh, but I read it more as, like, I don't know, a little bit more playful, like, oh, Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things, you know? Like, there's something about the fact that Jesus, I mean, accepting our friends, uh, even amidst their, like, quirks or, like, idiosyncrasies that, like, you were talking about. Yes, there's that space for, you know, sometimes if we need to correct a friend or provide some guidance, that's fine. But, like, also having the prudence to know, like, I, I don't need to change them. I need to love them. You know what I mean? And like yeah. that, that includes, you know, being able to embrace their, their foibles or their little quirks or things like that. And recognizing that you yourself have the same exactly. quirks and, floor, uh, you know, issues that they have to deal with as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not the same, but you have your own. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, yeah, Father Declan, like, mentioned a little bit earlier, alluding to quality time, and I think we would be remiss if we didn't actually mention the reality that, you know, these relationships, these um, opportunities to invest in someone else as a true friend, and for them to invest in you, is going to take some time. And, and I mean, that's one thing that we cannot get back. I mean, you know, you can talk about whether it's like gifts or talents or money or whatever, but, um, you know, you really can never get back the reality of what time you give someone um, because it's, I mean, it's passing away. So the reality being that the time that you really invest and spend in someone is like a statement of saying that they're ultimately worth it. 
Um, so, I mean, that's the reality of, you know, whether it's marriage, whether it's parents and kids or just, um, you know, guys hanging out or girls having the weekend, you know, that's the reality of that time. They cannot get that back. So, and I think it speaks to a degree of, uh, intentionality, you know, father, you're talking about the beginning, like, what is it, what do you need to be a good friend? And I think one of the components is, uh, intentionality and, uh, spending time with them. And some people might be like, oh, well, that's, you know you're repeating yourself or you're redundant like how am I going to have a friend and not spend time with them or or talk with them but you know we all have those experiences where we'll talk to somebody and we'll be like oh like let's hang out or let's catch up later and uh, then we don't end up up doing it you never see him again we're busy and some of you have that experience more than others around this table as well you know no I'm sorry just kidding (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're we're no longer friends but the uh, (laughs) end of podcast yeah Uh, yeah no, but uh, no, but I think you're right in the sense of we see like, oh, well, I'm friends with you, Adam, right. and the time I'm going to spend with you is just going to naturally flow. And in reality, and we all know this, we've all experienced it, where after you're not just in the same space, especially if it's like college or something, if you're not intentional about keeping up with the person, calling them, texting them, doing something, you're just going to drift apart. So you th- have to be that intentional part of it. I think that we see that too in the example of Christ because... I mean, obviously, Jesus spent three solid years with his apostles and, like, with the disciples and in their ministry. But there's different points in the Gospels where Jesus will intentionally pull aside Peter, James, and John, or Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And, you know, you look at situations like the Transfiguration, uh, you know, he, he takes them, you know, alone by themselves for intentional time. Uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, the same thing. And if you notice in those instances, uh, they gain greater insight into who he is. And I think that when we are intentional with the friends that we have and carving out that time, it speaks to what Father uh, Jacob was talking about in terms of their their value and like um, allowing us more time to communicate um, who we are. Yeah. Amen. And I think it should go without saying, but... It's an ever-rising temptation, I think, with the reality of social media these days that, you know, like a friend on Facebook, you have like hundreds, if not thousands of uh, that those connections, if it's LinkedIn, you know, Instagram followers, whatever, people that you follow. And there's a temptation, I think, to, um, you know, kind of think that you're going to have all these close friends. And I mean, it's not necessarily to say that you're not going to have a few great friends that you keep without your lifetime and some other friends that come and go, as you kind of alluded to. But, you know, there's only so much time that you have to give to someone else. And so it should go without saying, but I think it's worth saying that, you know, you can't have like 100 close friends. You know, it's it'll, it'll wear you out, it'll wear them out, and it'll ultimately set up that friendship for failure. So I think it's more... Um, you know, prudent and beneficial to everyone if there's kind of accept the reality of our own human limitations that we can only have a handful of truly close friends that we share. And I mean, I think ultimately the best illustration of that is friendship and marriage. So that's shared between two people. So amen to that. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, Shout out to Molly. There we go. There we go. Um, So yeah, and I think one of the other, and this can speak to the marital friendship, but I also think it speaks more broadly in terms of um, when we talk about growing in holiness in the context of friendship, one of those components is um, sharing in mission together. Like, 
uh, calling that person to something deeper and like calling them to be more of who they've been created to be. Again, looking at Jesus as the model. So, um, you know, he goes to, actually, we're recording this, well, I guess it was yesterday's Gospel on the Feast of St. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he says, yeah, you guys are fishing in the boat, like, come after me and I'll make you fishers of men, right? So he, like, um, he, he meets them where they are, but he invites them to be more of who they've been created to be. And so, like, with our friendships, I think a good litmus test is, is this person helping me to become more of who I've been created to be? Um, and if the answer to that is no, the question becomes like, well, why is that? Like, what are the hindrances? And um, do decisions have to be made in terms of, like Father Jacob was saying, how mm-hmm. much time do I spend? How much time do I not spend? Is that that person that any of our moms would have said no? Like, <laughs> you're not going to go hang out with that guy. You know, that's the person that you want to avoid, you know? That unsavory, shady character, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? Not that, like, fourth grade sleepover. I'd be like, no, this guy, you know, like, little unsavory. Like, sorry, get back in the car. No, <laughs> that, never, that never happened. <laughs> no, because I think, Adam, what you're speaking to, and Father Jacob as well, is this uh, sense of, yeah, at times, like, the Lord, like, very intentionally said, you know, you know, I will make you fish as a man, come after me. And, like, this instantaneous moment in which they dropped their nets and walked away from them and kind of, their whole life was reoriented at that moment. But then, as you said, they then spent three years together. And those three years, you rub off on each other. And the Lord was kind of like in that sense of that friendship was just kind of forming them just in the everyday experiences of spending time with each other, of having that time together. Right. Um, you know, I think about, I mentioned briefly, and when we talked about his hand, but uh, Francis Xavier mm-hmm. in relation to St. Ignatius, which uh, Ignatius, of course, was the founder of the Jesuit order. And so, you know, you look at that dynamic, and Ignatius invited Francis to be one of the first Jesuits. And it's like he was inviting him to share in his vision and in his mission of life, which was namely, you know, serving Christ and, like, living the gospel. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not asking you to be weird with your friends and be like, you know, grabbing them by the lapel and being like, do you love the Lord? Like, that's not what we're talking about. But, like, do you point to the, the purpose of your life? And how you live it, and based off how you live it, are you inviting others to share in that same purpose? Amen. And I mean, really, if you're going to go around grabbing lapels, <laughs> then you're probably not going to have too many friends to <laughs> bring to the Lord anyway. Yeah. So there's a virtue of naturalness, I guess, right? You got to be normal in some capacity. So a challenge for some, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe I should take my own advice. But, you know, uh, <laughs> There's kind of something I've been kicking around and kind of something I've been thinking about. And I think maybe some of our uh, listeners will be thinking about it, too, is, you know, what kind of ways, um, and I don't know, like, Father Declan, your experience with marriage prep and the couples that you've encountered, and Adam, I mean, of course, speaking from firsthand experience uh, related to your own marriage, I mean, like, how do you cultivate um, friendship And I think we've touched upon um, the reality of, like, spousal friendship and the reality that that's, like, the basis for marriage. And we've kind of, like, danced around some of those ideas. But um, what about the reality, though, of, like, couple-couple friendships and, like, maybe some advice or some boundaries surrounding, like, you know, like, the reality of, like, a wife befriending... um, you know, other uh, guys that she's known or had, like, lifelong friends, 
and like how do you incorporate that and vice versa for guys too like husbands like that have had you know male friends or female friends like from you know long time or not but like how do you kind of bring all this together in the reality of the married life like the reality being a lot of our listeners are well likely going to be married yeah and i think that's an important consideration because the truth is that um I guess it wasn't necessarily in a marital context, but to the question of what does friendship look like between like people of the opposite sex, like men and women, and, and what role does holiness play in that? Does it play a role? Like I think of people like Francis and Claire, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. um, now, granted, they were both promised to you know chastity and, and, and celibate living, but um, you know they both you know knew the Lord and desired to share it with one another, but it within the proper boundaries. Uh, I think that in the context of what you're talking about, Father, like with uh, married couples, uh, the biggest thing is, in my mind, is uh, transparency and honesty, both with yourself and with your spouse, uh, in the sense that, like, you know, um, it's not always the most prudential, like, if you are a husband or a wife, to spend time with someone of the opposite sex alone for like a lot of time um you have to be honest with yourself uh, as to what where that's coming from and why that is uh one of my favorite well things that i love is has been introducing my friends to molly like in the context of our marriage so the friends that i have uh, had and and the friendships that i've cultivated and grown even prior to us dating or, or being married you know there's something awesome about introducing um you know, the most important person in my life, namely my wife, to other really important people in my life, namely like my friends and my best friends. Um, and I think, again, that's like that fervor that we see in relation to Andrew, like introducing Peter, like his brother, somebody he's super close with, to Christ, like the center of his life. Um, and so finding opportunities to have, I think Father Declan last segment, yeah, yeah. Last time we were talking about how worlds collide, right? So if you've ever had two friend groups in which you're get you have a, you know you hang out with one group and you hang out with another, and then all of a sudden when you introduce the two of them together, all of a sudden for some reason the worlds collide, mm-hmm. and it's not that you have split personalities, but you uh, you just kind of have different groups of friends, and I'm sure everybody has experienced that at some point or another. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, I mean I feel like introducing uh, your spouse to those friends that you've known for a long time um, and allowing them to, to get to know one another and to grow in friendship. And then also, of course, I mean, there's the classic uh, double dating. So you're at your place of work and you grow in friendship with somebody there and they have a spouse or a boyfriend, girlfriend, and you're like, hey, uh, we should get together, the four of us, you know, support one another in our endeavors in terms of pursuing virtue and holiness in the context of our own relationships, but also in the context of a broader friendship as well. Kind of thinking about that as well. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's just kind of a, a good uh, baseline reality that if someone's married or in a serious relationship, then it really should be like a serious effort. If you're trying to get to know one portion of that reality of that relationship, then you're going to get to know the other portion of it. Sure. You know, you're not going to like 
try and you know pull one person away from the 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 closeness that that other couple is experiencing you know it's just not healthy and then the friendships that you kind of bring into that relationship so the friendships of the husband or the wife kind of get a fuller picture of who your spouse is or who your significant other is and seeing who they were before you met them Mm -hmm. or who they are when you're not around always and stuff and you kind of get a fuller picture of that other person which i think is a good thing no i think that's true um you know, kind of stepping uh, to the side from specifically talking about, you know, couples to couples friendship and, and um, even friends from before, before getting married. Like one thing that I wanted to mention in the context of pursuing holy friendship, uh, both in the marital context most clearly, but also more broadly, is what Aristotle talked about in, in regards to friendship, which was falling in love with the third, which I think I think it might have been referenced or picked up by uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen in uh, his book, Three to Mary. But uh, basically... We'll go with it. We, I believe you. <laughs> you'll, you'll buy it? Okay. Yeah, he did that. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> if he didn't, he does now. So, uh, you know, I think about... I mean, Aristotle has this whole spiel about friendship and different levels and degrees of friendship. But ultimately, he talks about falling in love with a third. So um, it's hard to do because you can't see me right now as I'm talking. But imagine... Not an equilateral triangle because then all the are the same length. But imagine right. like awkward isosceles, right? So the base is shorter than the two the two parts that are pointing, right? Um, as the two base points move closer together, or as they move forward and upward, they come closer together. And so, you know, I think that is an illustration of how our relationships and our friendships, if they're holy friendships, should be that. You know, both people should be pursuing relationship with God, and in their pursuit of relationship with God, as a natural result, they will grow closer to one another in friendship, uh, in relationship. And like I said, that's clearly displayed in marriage, but also just more broadly uh, in friendship. And the beautiful piece about that is, if there is that third, right, if, there, if God is a component in the friendship or in the relationship, then if things are rocky with the other person, that other friend or uh, that spouse, then there is the third to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. lean, lean back on as support. Which right. always highlights this fact that I think sometimes we uh, fool ourselves when we try to like, okay, we're going to put God at the center of our lives. We're going to make that relationship with God number one, mm-hmm. that it's going to somehow take away from our other relationships, either spousal or friendships, like you're saying. But in reality, with that imagery and in reality that we live each day, the more we put God at the center of our lives, we have that as our primary relationships. It doesn't diminish the other relationships we have. It doesn't diminish the friendships. Rather, it enhances them and brings more beauty and fullness out of those friendships. Yeah, and I mean, really anything to the contrary of that reality, like when you talk about like God competing with humanity in some way or uh, competing with human desires, I mean, that's ultimately the lie, like, whether it's secularism or like, you know, communism, fascism, total totalitarianism, like, I guess that's a little intense, but, uh, you know, throw that into the podcast. I, uh, I did, I did listen to a, uh, homily earlier, uh, this week about like a priest that, um, you know, was denied entry, uh, into a ward at a hospital to anoint someone that was dying, uh, for COVID restrictions. And he was kind of throwing that around, but so I was kind of like fired up from that, but I mean, it just speaks to the reality, though, that, like, ultimately God doesn't compete uh, with our desires, but rather he is going to align them and draw them to himself. 
And, you know, one thing I was thinking, too, was um, a little shout-out to uh, Father Jim Wozniak. But um, when you guys were talking about, like, this triangle thing and, like, um, the reality of being drawn together and being drawn to God uh, in a relationship, I mean, like, Father Jim talked with me when I was a seminarian and after I was ordained about how important it is that as spouses get closer to God or closer to church, and even in a practical sense, like, spending time like at church events or mass or daily mass or whatever, how important it is to bring along their spouse with them. Because then it kind of seems like a competition, like church becomes a competitor to time with that spouse. And so um, how important that reality is that as couples grow closer to each other, that, you know, as one uh, member of that marriage or spouse is drawn closer uh, to God, how important it is that they kind of approach that together in the same way. Well, and I know, like, we're starting to wind down a little bit, but I, I did want to mention, kind of going off of that, Father, and not necessarily explicitly with the spousal, but also just more broadly with your with your own friendships. It's like a good inventory or something to think about is, you know, what do I, what do I talk to my friends about, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I'm not saying that you have to 24-7 talk about um, Jesus or the scriptures or whatever explicitly, but uh, there is a part of me that asks or wonders, like, and even in the context of my own friendship, like, you know, I don't know, am I am I talking about things that matter? Yeah, there's like a space for for being chill and relaxing, but do I ask my friends about their prayer life? Do I ask my friends about what are, what are you reading? Like, what is, what is the spiritual reading that you're doing? Or um, do I ask my friends about, you know, are, are there any particular challenges that I can be praying? for you or do I share with my friends challenges that I'm experiencing in which they can pray for me um, I think sharing in that deeper level you know Father Declan earlier was talking about that vulnerability um, is a really important component of friendship and it's a, an important component of holiness like that was that piece that Jesus was talking about in the Gospels he said that we were his friends because he has revealed um, all that he has known uh, f- from his father to us and so do we allow others to reveal themselves to us, and do we reveal ourselves to others in inappropriate ways? And, you know, I think that's going to be where we leave it. But, you know, before we conclude, though, I think it's only fitting. You know, uh, Father Declan, as our podcast guest today, uh, any last words? What do you think? Any, mm. It will give you the chance to get the last word in. Yeah, no, I think uh, with friendship, the number one thing is obviously spending and being willing to spend some time together and being willing to put that effort into it uh, and be uh, intentional about that. I think that's going to be the way in which you grow friendships the most. Amen. There it is, my friend. So you've heard it uh, here, a little uh, conversation and discussion around, you know, some saintliness, some things on friends. And I want to thank Father Declan for coming out today to, you know, share, uh, you know, in this time together to be a guest on the podcast. And, uh, You know, in the meantime, we'll be looking forward to uh, being able to have more guests on in the future. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, be sure to follow us on social media, on on Facebook, uh, through the Region Catholic page. Uh, And then also we are on Instagram. And be sure to uh, subscribe to the podcast, share with a friend, and drop us a review. All right. That should be enough for this week. God bless you, my friend. See you soon. God bless. Thank you.